And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. You f***ing are doing a show There's a lot of beeps early, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your greatest 45 minutes to one hour and 20 minutes of your lifetime. It's Under the Radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Perdcast. With me, as always... Your trader and mine, Inca. I am a trader. Love to My trader and yours. My head is spinning about the idea of a one hour and 20 minute episode <laughs> of this show. Hope you guys had a good show yesterday. Oh, that's the trader you meant. I'm thinking so much about fantasy baseball <laughs> trades uh, that I thought it was trader. I thought it was trader. Ian, your favorite trader. But uh, you're saying traitor. Yes. Ah, traitor. I guess I guess this is in reference to the fact that DVR and I did a show together yesterday. No, the rundown looked good. I, I'm sure it was a great show. I, I don't want to. In the middle of our show yesterday, we have, uh, what was it? What was the word? Oh, yeah. I remember now. You f- are doing oh, a show without me. That's a lot of beeps early, man. You are doing a show without me. Uh, you know, I see everything. It was, it was very... Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, literally, DVR and I are in the middle of the show. We just kind of go, oh, there he is. Here it comes, here it comes. So, yeah, that was uh, it was fun. We had a good show yesterday. I felt like uh missed you, obviously. It's a totally different show. Oh, yeah, it's like I, it's I couldn't the, make it. Sorry, guys. Totally different show when it's not the three of us together. But it was uh, it was it was a good show. It was a good show, and it's great to be back. The three of us. How are you doing, DVR traitor? It's early, but I'm doing pretty well given the circumstances. Yeah, it is early. <laughs> like they, now that summer's here, and this week I was supposed to be in Yellowstone National Park on vacation, right? So like we don't have anything to do. Like I kind of like took off from all clients. I'm like I'm, I'm not doing anything. So we're like sleeping late. And stuff. It's really nice when you've been waking up at like six thirty, seven a.m. for nine months straight, and then even on the weekends with with baseball, with like travel ball, like having to get up at like seven a.m. to go drive to well, I don't know Connecticut or something to be able to sleep till like nine fifteen, and I got to wake up, meditate. So I had to do my twenty minute meditation. Got some really bad trade offers. Got spammed with a bunch of trade offers uh, from this one particular player. What's his name? And then it was like. I'm not going to say his name, Why? but I, I said enough. I said his team name. Um, I got spammed with all these offers like, here, take this version of this trade and this version of this trade where I get 65% and you get 35%. Take this version, take this version, take this version. And then I said, no, you just go do your meditation. Did my meditation, went downstairs, got some coffee, came upstairs. Let's do a show. Uh, you want to tell us what the offers were? I mean, I got a rundown. Uh, we obviously got a rundown. We got stuff to talk about. This is going to be a very heavy Nick Senzel show. As heavy no, as let's heavy start as with Nick Senzel. I I'm gonna I'll, I really do want to talk about trades yeah. today. So tell us what the trades. Nah, nah. Give us a taste, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, just everything has a taste of they win the deal every time. All right, <laughs> like every day, every you know, fifteen ten percent goes. Like, look, if you're gonna go for a trade and you want to get get the edge, take it fifty five forty five, fifty seven forty three is like the limit. 
Don't do 6139 because then everyone's just a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. You know? Yeah. Sound advice. I've got a couple of those. We could talk about my AL only league, the infamous Ryan Mountcastle non-trade. Ah, yeah. I got some, I got some, not, not just bad offers, but very odd rejections. Um, and there's a logic game there too. And we can get to when we talk about trade. Let's talk Nick Senzel because I'm flummoxed by this Nick Senzel thing right now, actually. And Ian, you and I talked about this briefly on the phone until you rushed me off last night. Yeah, yeah. I forgot why. I, think I don't kids. know. You made it some excuse. Yeah, you yeah. have you, yeah, kids. Huh. Kids. Putting, putting a kid to sleep. That, that wins every time. Every time. Um, every time. Well, yeah, sorry, let's get Divers. So here's a scenario, DVR. We've talked about this 24-team Scott White Dynasty League that I'm in. It's deep. Like there are a lot, like a lot of players are are rostered in it. Um, I was just going through like I had an extra spot because I got Willie Calhoun. What am I going to do with him? Uh, and you know, just you know, you look, you rotate, you bring in new blood. Um, I'm one in ten. Like I'm in a rebuild. Like you wouldn't believe. So I'm just kind of coasting for failed prospects or you know guys with minor league. You know, like the uh, oh man, who's the guy? Rangers traded to Phillies has arm problems all the time. He sounds German. Hans Kraus. Hans Kraus, yes. <laughs> like, guys like that are just on my bench, not even in my minor leagues. You know, like, they're just counting as a dollar salary for me this year. But Nick Senzel was on the wire, and I'm, I'm like, man, that seems wrong. And so I grabbed him, and I bid two instead of one because I thought someone else might have had the same, you know, 24 people in the league, 23 other people might be thinking, like, why is this guy on the waiver wire? Uh, and no one else did. It was the only bidder. Got him for $2. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, I just, like... I actually went and checked him out in a couple other leagues to see if he was around, and he was. Um, we're talking about a guy who was, in 2017, the number nine prospect in all baseball, according to Baseball America. Number seven in 2018, number 10 in 2019. He has had a very forgettable major league career, uh, riddled with injuries. In the minors, he was, I mean, he was hitting for average. In 1,078 plate appearances, he had a 308 batting average, 383 on-base percentage. Uh, he was flirting with... Maybe not 2020 every year, but someone who would develop into a 2020 player at least every year. Um, he was good. People had a lot of hope for him. They, they were frothing at the mouths like two years ago to get Nick Senzel on their teams. And now he's just like tossed aside, rostered in 13% of CBS leagues, available in a 24-team keeper dynasty league with unlimited keepers, um, as long as you don't go over the salary cap. So uh, with that preamble, Diver, I'd like to give you the floor. What's, what's going on here, man? So, Nick Senzel has 781 career plate appearances over parts of four big league seasons. And I think it's a fair question to ask, how many of those plate appearances has he been completely healthy for? I would guess half, maybe. And I bet most of those came in 2019 when he had the 12 homer, 14 steal season that made everyone excited. The underlying skills still look pretty interesting to me. He doesn't strike out that much, uh, has shown occasional abilities to draw at least an ample number of walks, doesn't make bad swing decisions. The wild thing about it, though, is just he is so far below a major league average hitter so far. He's got a 72 WRC plus for his career that I think that's what's kind of steering people away from him, right? A 238, 299, 366 line. Even in the context that I was just describing, that pushes people away in, especially in twelve and fifteen team mixed leagues, because it, it just takes more than that, uh, and and it takes health to actually be rosterable. I think in the situation you described, deep leagues that have a keeper component, he makes a ton of sense to have on a roster yeah. like that one. Yeah. And 
I think he also makes sense as someone to keep a very close eye on in deeper mixed leagues that are just redraft leagues. I think there are going to be some 15-team mixed leagues where Nick Senzel can be a difference maker. He's a good enough defender in center field to keep playing pretty much every day. The park is going to take, even if he has below average power, the park is going to make that play up a little bit. And I'm still not convinced that the lack of success he's had as a base stealer is something that's predictive for him going forward. Again, because of the health, right? We've, we've seen it early in his career. We've seen 14 for 19. That's acceptable for a base stealer. So I think there's still enough here to keep taking chances. I think he's a very tough player for some people. If, if The prospect-inclined people who play in redraft leagues tend to struggle with a player like this because we, I'm part of that group, want to keep believing that he is going to make good on the potential of being a former second overall pick. Yeah, that's it. Second overall pick. Dude, you want to go, like, Ian, before you answer, listen to this 2016 first round. Mickey Moniak to the Phillies. Nixon Zelda yeah. the Reds. Ian Anderson uh, by the Brewers. Riley Pint. Corey Braves, Ray. Not Brewers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just, just to make, was it? Ian Anderson. I'm sorry, Ian Anderson to the Braves. My bad. Sorry, I was going. I just want to make sure. As I was like, "There's no trade that I can't think of a trade." But keep going. (laughs) Sorry, I got excited. Riley Pint to the Rockies. Corey Ray to the Brewers. AJ Puck to the uh, new Athletics closer. Who we'll talk about a little bit. AJ Puck to the uh, Athletics. Braxton Garrett Marlins. Cal Quantrill Padres. Matt Manning Tigers. Zach Collins. Kyle Lewis. Jay Groom. Josh Lowe. Will Benson. Alex Karoloff. I can get like Matt Thice. Forrest Whitley's in there, Blake Rutherford, Justin Dunn, Gavin Lux, all the way down at 20. Like, this is... That is a really bad draft. This is an odd draft, man. And it's not even like there was a guy who was like, oh, you picked this guy in the wrong place. Keep Actually, I almost want you to keep going through the end of the first round just to hear if there's more than two major leaguers in this draft. Because as of now, I hear two. TJ Zeich, Will Craig, Delvin Perez, Mm -hmm. Hudson Potts, Eric Lauer, Zach Birdie, Cody Sedlock, Carter Kaboom, Dane Dunning, Cole Reagans. Wow. We're at 30. We got 11 to go once we start talking a supplemental. Anthony Kay, Will Smith, Dylan Carlson, Dakota Hudson, Taylor Trammell. Dylan Carlson. Hold on, hold on. Uh, Dylan Carlson. And then who was after Dylan Carlson? Uh, Dakota Hudson. Okay. Uh, Taylor Trammell. Trammell. Jordan Sheffield, Dalton Jeffries, Robert Tyler, Anthony Greer, Joey Wentz, and Nick Lodolo. That is the worst. I'm going to say without um, looking, <laughs> that's got to be the worst draft in the last 20 years. I think there was a basketball draft like this once in one year where it was like, there's nobody good. You get Dylan Carlson, you got Gavin Lux, and you've got um, there was one more. Ian Anderson at three. All right, you want to know who the number number the best? Uh, I've gone to the second round. Pete Alonso. Just read. That's nice. Okay, 47, right? Was he pick 47? Pick 64. That's not right. Bo Bichette was, was pick 66. And okay. I mean, over, I'm talking overall. Alonzo was 23rd, 23rd pick of the second round. Uh, Brandon Marsh was the 19th pick of the second round. Brian Reynolds was the 18th of the second round. Bo yeah, Bichette right. was so the 25th. some guys. But it, that's still, I mean, well, that, that, that makes it a little bit better. Oh, Jose Miranda was in that draft in the second round. Cousin of Lin-Manuel. There you go. All right, sorry, go um, ahead. No, it's fine. I, ooh, so many different thoughts. That's a really bad draft. Like that's a really bad first round. Let's put it that way. Like that's just there's not 
And and I remember that draft because I traded for the first pick in the draft. I had won a league, but then traded for the first pick in the draft. And then I ended up taking Zach Collins. I was like, I don't like anybody. Everybody's like, meh. I ended up taking Zach Collins thinking that he was going to end up being a catcher one day that was going to be a value. It is interesting to uh, follow these guys all these years. The thing about Nick Senzel, just to get back to Nick Senzel, because I could just go down a rabbit hole of that draft. but I, no, no, You guys could do that on your next show together. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Uh, so such hurt feelings. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. I think the thing is the vertigo. I think that's why. I think it's great that you picked him up in in that 2014 Dynasty League. I think that's great uh, because there's upside, right? We talk about uh, and I even had DVR the other day on the phone make a mention about Jerks and Profar being good, right? DVR, did you actually say that that Jerks and Profar was good this year? Yeah, in OVP yeah. leagues especially. Yep, he's yeah. gritty. Yo, you could you could feel him gritting his teeth with that answer. Yeah, he's mad. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you're bringing that up. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up, man? Bring me um, my mouth guard. <laughs> so there's that upside. The problem is, it, it's such a bad draft that being the second pick in that draft, Mickey Moniak's the first pick in that draft. Nobody has upside on Mickey Moniak. The problem with Nick Senzel, I really do think, is the vertigo because vertigo and baseball really go badly together. I think vertigo and sports probably go really bad together. Um, but there have been so many ups and downs with Senzel of, all right, this is the one. All right, this is the one. All right, this is the one. I went through it with Strasburg, right? And last week I finally said, all right, I'm done with Strasburg. I think the key for Senzel is that you should, if you've been on the, the Senzel ride and been screwed by the ride, you don't want to be on that ride again, Right. But if you haven't been screwed by the ride, it's still somewhat tantalizing. It's like, oh, you know, it's like going on a roller coaster and you're like, am I going to get sick from this roller coaster? Well, yeah, I am going to get sick. Well, I'm not going on that roller coaster again. That's how many of those 24 teams probably feel about Nick Senzel. You haven't been on the roller coaster. Maybe you're the one who it works out for. And then he'll be a solid player. I mean, I think he was interesting, more interesting as a second baseman, which is how he originally came up. He originally came up the idea that he was going to be a middle infielder, but then I forget what the construction was and there wasn't space. Oh, Jonathan India was there, you know, and so like, all right, let's move him to center field. He's just never stayed healthy. But for your circumstances where you're sort of just holding spots, perfect, perfect, because he can come up for two weeks and hit and then maybe turn into something or he's a drop at the end of the season. I, I think that's my feeling about Nick Senzel. In terms of redraft, I think I had him on a team. And then I was just like, I think I got him. Yeah, I got him in the reserves of GDD. And then I was like, yeah, no, nah, I just got to let that go now. Like, uh, he he wasn't playing. Because if he was injured, I could have stashed him. But, like, he wasn't playing and it wasn't sure. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go get the next guy on the list. But it's more interesting to me in Dynasty than in Redraft. He still seems like someone, like like you said, who could, like, catch fire. Like, post-All-Star break or something, you know? Get those, get those five days off, come back, and just be like, oh, Nick Senzel has, you know, Seven steals and three home runs in his last ten games, kind of thing, and he's batting four twenty two. Yeah, maybe. But I'm with you. I'm yes. with you. He's definitely a dynasty player. But I could see that happening in a redraft. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, these guys. Who, there's somebody who's doing that right now. Is there somebody who's like super hot? And it's like, how long is this going to last? How long can you ride that? Senzel could be that. Senzel could also. He's only twenty six years old. I mean, the idea that he should be owned in a dynasty league. There should be a rebuilding team, such as yourself in this league, who should be holding that player to see if he can grow into something. Because if he can grow into something, you can get five, six, seven good years out of him. 
also buying some of his baseball cards, possibly. Mm, how much are the baseball cards? Not that I'm on. You know, some are seven bucks. Some of the graded ones are like eleven. I've lost more bids than I've won. I'm like, I'm not willing to go nuts, but you know. DVR, would you buy Nick Senzel baseball cards? Yeah, maybe one. Maybe. Uh, one, yeah, what's I, one going to do? Yeah. Uh, you got one. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would go crazy on the baseball card side of things, to be honest. I'm not going crazy on the baseball cards. I'm not going too deep on it, right? I'll go give me three for eight bucks. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm, you know, the autograph ones are a little bit more. There's a there's a Topps holiday one where he's wearing a Santa Claus hat that, you know, <laughs> obviously couldn't resist. <laughs> that's the one you won. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know, that's that's a, unique and, right? and fun. And then I can look back on it when I still have it in 10 years and be like, wow, remember that period where I really sweated Nick Senzel pretty hard? And he ended up hitting 257 and didn't, you know... The card goes from $3 to $8, but I'm not going to sell it. He's no your mean Mercedes. <laughs> He's next on our list. That's, I made the transition for you right there. Diver, when's will, he up? And how many home runs will mm, he hit from July 6th forward? It's, uh, okay. It's a, that's a weird way to ask the question. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> when is he up? July 6th. Yeah, I guess he's coming up on July 6th. All right, he's coming up on July 6th. I mean, how many homers? Probably five. Yeah, I'll say five. I'll say July 6th. We'll go with July 6th, my mother's birthday. I'm going to say nine. All right. I'm going to say nine. That's. I mean, that's good, right? Are we saying he's going to be good? Like, San Francisco seems like where he should have landed. We're saying that it, it was so weird watching his video of him dancing and getting beer poured on him while he was, um, you know, because he got released and then picked up by a different team. Like, it really shows that he, he needed a new home. I mean, look what they did to him last year. I, I don't want to go into that. But you don't I, here's what that. I just listened to that episode. Ian's pro Tony Larusa. That's what everyone just has to know here. Yeah, right. That's not the case. Boy, Tony Larusa looks like he's going to get fired um, in Chicago if the Chicago fans get what they want. Reinsdorf's You're not going to fire. He's Reinsdorf's guy. I think the owner's not going to nah, fire. Him. Maybe might might let him go at the end of the season. I don't think they'll fire him mid season. Your mean Mercedes has the opportunity to get some at bats in San Francisco. He could get hot again. He also could never be in a fantasy lineup because he's only playing three days a week against lefties or two. You know, that's the thing about San Francisco. They're like Tampa Bay's bullpen. Like they just platoon everybody that it makes it almost impossible to use those guys because it's like, uh, how many games is he going to get in the daily league? If you, I don't know, man, I I mean, I'm being nice. I I, I actually think you're mean Mercedes. It's going to be tough for him to get. It's going to be tough for him to get the time, but he can catch. Oh, well, that's that was the interesting thing that they that I read was that your mean Mercedes might end up as a catcher. Um, he might end up as a catcher there. That they're going to work him out as a catcher. That is interesting because if he's a catcher, then in two catch release, he even if he's playing three days a week, you want to have him in that spot. I would buy that roto that roto wear shirt is going to happen, and I'll buy it. What is that roto wear shirt? I don't know, say? but I, like I mean, like look what they did to Sandoval. Like the San Francisco fans are different, man. They just like they they know how to embrace a player who's fun. Like this is gonna be, I just can't wait for him to hit a, fu- a few home runs and then the Yerminator, you know? Yeah, I think that's probably right. DVR, do you think it it could happen? <laughs> yes, on the scale of 
there's no way this happens. It, it could happen. It's closer to the it could happen side. But what we're talking about, the it in this case is not your mean Mercedes everyday player, middle third of the order and league winner. We're talking about fantasy glue guy who with catcher eligibility ends mm-hmm. up being an upgrade for people in two catcher leagues. Yes, I can see that. NL only leagues, like I, I could pick him up. He, he could be a mover in an NL only league. He could, he could, he could help move a league if he would get. No, I'm sorry, if he got catcher eligibility and he played enough to to make it worth his while. Uh, I was going to say, would you rather have? Uh, well, what I want to do is run down the set. Everyone could do this at home. Run down that Giants lineup and tell me how many of those people in the lineup, you know, are like, oh, Mike Rostrumsky. Yeah, he's you know he he was a huge top prospect who was supposed to be doing this. You know what I mean? There's there's a way they have a way of just grabbing guys like Yerman Mercedes who didn't have a ton of hype and being like, you're an everyday player now. We love you. But here the point is, uh, Yerman Mercedes or Joe Adele in a single season league five by five rotisserie. Uh, uh, Ian, you can go first since you groaned first. <laughs> I mean, Joe Adele. I'm gonna take Joe Adele. Just if if I have to use up a bench spot. Joe Adele like- hitting 192 in the minors right now. Yeah, Joe Adele. It's, it's. I guess now is the time to to buy Joe Adele. I think he just doesn't uh, care, I, man. Like he's it's it's a, your mean Mercedes thing. Like these guys just jerking me around. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that. I, I. I mean, I. I understand that that may be what's going on, but that's not a good excuse. Like as an, I. I, I, I you got to keep playing the game and wait for your spot. Yeah. It's not because it's not Joe Madden anymore. It's not Joe Madden that's holding them down. Because Joe Madden's gone. That's true. So it's Perry Manassian. He's been the bad guy all this time. <laughs> it's been, it was Manassian yeah. this whole time. <laughs> all along. It's Godfather. It's a, that's, that's a Godfather uh, reference there, DVR. It's, it was Manassian all this DVR's time. DVR's been watching yeah, the so, offer. He knows. Have you? DVR, are you watching the offer? <laughs> no. <laughs> why, did he, why did he do that? Why did he set you up for such disappointment? <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, I mean, no, actually, as I, as I said to Nando before the show, I kind of... I'm like itching to watch the offer now. I really am. Did, did, sorry, we're getting off fantasy baseball for a moment here. Just a moment. Well, we have a question lined up to actually that gets us off fantasy baseball anyway. Nando, did, is the offer worth it? Did you finish it? Are you digging it? Uh, yeah, very good. The last episode was actually the worst, I thought. But uh, ah, yeah. okay. Tough, tough to close things out. But yeah, all right. You know, I mean, it's a true story. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, DVR. I just well, no. You know what? Let's let's skip the off-topic one and let's go down the rundown a little bit. I want to hit Ian's trade stuff. 
Can we do Jaron Duran first, and then we're going to get to it? I got to. We, just hey, we can do whatever something. you like. Yeah, let's go Jaron Duran. Let's go Jaron Duran because I actually had I saw something with Jaron Duran this week that made me pretty excited about him. Uh, I remember last year with Jaron Duran looking at him, and he looked like the new kid on the team who was nervous all the time. And then I think it was last night. He was in the lineup last night. He's leading off, and I just watched him, and he just looked like he was like, "All right, let's play. Let's go." You know, it's that. What is that moment? for a rookie that Riley Green seems to maybe have already made that jump. O'Neal Cruz went nuts again yesterday. Like what is what is that little moment that tips a guy into believing that he's good enough to do it? I saw it with my own son in this travel team, right? First 3 weeks of travel ball, he was striking out you can ask Chris Dolan who's listening to the show. He was striking out every time. And I would say to Chris who I was sitting next to, I would say you know, he just needs to get comfortable. And once he gets comfortable, he's going to show what he can do. And Chris is like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, he certainly looks like he could be a good ball player. But he was literally like striking out two, three times a game, making errors, like just not comfortable. And then all of a sudden, I said to him, you know, and the, the kids on the team were not sure that he was like, you know, you're on this top travel team. And and Ben was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really playing up to my ability. And then I said to him, I was like, just one big hit. You just want, hit the ball hard once and everyone's going to know what you can do. I was like, okay. So he gets up, hits a rocket to right center field, triple. And then everyone on the team was like, wow, wow, that was a hit. Like, wow, you really knocked that one. And then from that moment on, he was on fire for like a month. And he went from hitting like ninth in the lineup to batting fourth and being the number four hitter on the team through all the way through the championship. And uh, and that's, what is that transition in your head of actually, no, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can do this. So I saw it in my kid. It's the same thing in Major League Baseball. It's the same thing I'm looking at with every one of these guys. I was talking on a trade with somebody, and it was about, like, you know, he was like, how do you think about it? I said, I look, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it even more fully. I look at what the player says to themselves in their heads. That tells me who I think is good and who I don't think is good. I talked about with Tyone, and then people were like, yeah, well, look at him. He's threw a no-hitter. Nice job, Con. Fair enough. When you got talent like Tyone, it's special. But a guy this weekend was talking to me about Kopech, Michael Kopech. And he said, um, I had traded for Kopech. He wanted Garrett Crochet. I wanted Kopech. It was part of a larger deal where he got Jazz Chisholm. I ended up getting uh, Brett Saren. I got Carlos Correa, Teoscar Hernandez, and Michael Kopech for Jazz Chisholm. And uh, Garrett Crochet, pretty much. That was essentially the deal. And I called him up, and I had forgotten about the Kopech part. And I was talking to him about a trade yesterday because we're now going for it in this big money league, which is kind of super exciting and fun. And I said to him, I was like, you know, you got a lot of crap because of, you know, getting just Jazz Chisholm for Correa and Hernandez, Oscar. And and I was like, you won that trade. I told you at the time that I thought that it was going to be dangerous, excuse me, dangerous trade for our team. He said, yeah, you're leaving out the Kopech part. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the Kopech part. And he was like, yeah, but Kopech is much better than I thought. And I said, yeah, but I hate watching him pitch. I hate watching Michael Kopech pitch. Just don't like it. And he said, yeah, but look at his numbers. Look at his ERA. Look at his whip. It couldn't be any better. And I said, yeah, but I hate watching him talk to himself on the mound. So what do you mean? I said, I watch his thoughts. I watch the players think do they have negative self-talk? If they have negative self-talk, they're not going to succeed, period. Joey Gallo, negative self-talk. It's, this is, you know, uh, Glenn Colton, 
He talks about this going to a new town, right? What is this going to a new town about? You go to a new town and you want to prove yourself to people. And then all of a sudden, Glenn and Rick, they always say, don't go, don't get players who sign a big new contract. It's because the pressure goes on you. And then you you kind of think to yourself, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to struggle. What if I struggle? And then you do struggle. It's all about what you think as a player. Joey Gallo is now batting ninth on the New York Yankees, getting pinch hit for with down by two runs coming up to he's getting pinch hit for it. Last night, I got pinch hit for they didn't pinch hit for for Higashioka with Aaron Judge. They pinch hit for Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo was the centerpiece of the Texas Rangers last year. It's because in his head, Joey Gallo's like, I'm going to fail. Aaron Hicks is, I'm going to fail. How do you change that mindset? That's everything. And it's the guys who can shift their brains as baseball players that you really want. The guys who are like, I, I know I'm good. I don't care. Like even Michael Lorenzen, who I suffered, Rob Mershak and I suffered last week with his start in Seattle. The thing I like about him is he thinks he's going to succeed. The thing you love about nasty Nestor Cortez, even though he's been struggling the last couple of times, is he's up there thinking he's going to win. If you believe you're going to do something in life, you're going to do it. If you believe you can't do something in life, you won't. It's almost math at this point for me. So watching the players, watching Jaron Duran last night, I went, ah, look at that. He's not questioning himself anymore. So the fact that you're not questioning yourself anymore makes me believe that like, now's the time to buy on that kid. And he steals two bases. Javier Baez steals a base. I talked about this yesterday with, with DVR. I said Baez is on his way back up because he's stealing bases. I always look for guys who are trying, who don't steal bases. Anthony Rizzo was struggling last week or a couple of weeks ago. Steals some bases, feels good about himself, starts hitting home runs. It's all how the player feels about themselves. And that's why back in the day, I said Aaron Judge, when he hit .91 in 2016, and I bought him everywhere in 2017, and Glenn Colton's like, why? Why, Glenn Colton? I said, why? Why would, you, why would you buy him? And I said, because I read that article about Aaron Judge that said that he grew up grateful because he's adopted, and he's so grateful to his family, which means that he has a skill set. There's a skill set in your mind. There's a skill set in your mind. That's what I'm looking at. Everyone's like, well, well, how do you pick these guys? I look at how they're thinking. How are you thinking about life? How are you thinking about the game? Raphael Devers, great talent, huge talent. He, he, he didn't care. He's like, I'm going to be great. I don't care. I'm going to just chew my bubble gum. That's a player. That's a guy you want. You want the guys who have solid character, who, who, who have a solid way of thinking about the game. That's how I play. That's what I use at all times. And that's what I'm looking for. Does that make sense? Is that, I mean, I know that was a long kind of rant, but it's something that I think is, well, it's, it's something, I don't know if it's important. Well, look, you're, sure, one of, you're one of the best fantasy players in the game and you're revealing some of your strategy here. I think everyone should be listening. Yeah. If they think it's kooky or not, it, it, it's not because it's, it's working for you though. That's what I do. But you're forcing them to watch baseball, which is going to, you know, Right, but no, but I mean, that's why you're like, you watch so much baseball. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching how people react to failure. Like, I remember David like, David Robertson. I have the, I had this old story about him when he was the closer for the Yankees. Every time he would, I don't know if he still does this for the Cubs because I don't own him anywhere, so I'm not watching him. But back in the old days, he, when he first took over for Mariano, he would save a game, finish. He would close the game and he would go, <sighs> like he'd been holding his breath the entire time. And what I said was, well, you're not going to be closer for very long. You can't live that way. You, that's what made Mariano so special. 
He came in. He was obviously immensely gifted, threw a great pitch, but he also was completely steady, was always ready. Derek Jeter had that same greatness to him. So there's talent. I'm not under, I'm not saying that talent doesn't matter. Talent matters. I'm saying that the thing that makes Jerks and Profar become Jerks and Profar this year is he's finally settled. He's finally, we, first thing I talked about on the show four years ago, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Profar is now a junior in high school, just turned junior. He's just halfway through his career. He's like, I'm the guy now. I don't have to look, I don't have to look up at anybody else. And it's the guys who come up who also feel that they're the guy already without being a jerk about it, right? Because then you can take it too far. Like, what's that balance? That's that's why I can watch so much baseball. I I agree. Sometimes baseball can be a little long, but I'm watching, I'm not just watching the ball fly. I'm watching the eyes of every player who's playing. Watch every player, watch their eyes like you're watching a TV show. You'll you'll see a lot. That's it. I'm done. You want to keep going? I don't think anybody else wants to keep me going. I don't know. DVR, yeah, DVR. DVR, what did you DVR, what do you think of that whole idea? Is that crazy or do you say, yeah, that's what I do, Ian? You're not telling saying anything new to anybody. If you can analyze players that way, then that should be a tool in your toolbox. But I think what you're describing is not something that most people can do very easily on their own. At least I I have very little feel for it. I can see it on the extremes. I can see someone who looks like they lack confidence in a big way, and I can see someone who looks like they project a lot of confidence. But if you want to talk about the, the meaty part of the curve, right, 80% of players in the league, it's harder for me to read those things. I don't have that ability. How, how about if I told you, I, I understand that. And this is, look, like uh, my friend Chris Dolan, he's a therapist. So what he does for a living is he looks at people and analyzes them, right? So in discussing this with him, he's going to go, yeah, that's what I do too, right? I mean, I, I've been an actor for so long. I That's my job is to study human behavior. So people say, what's your edge? That may be my edge, one of my edges, certainly. Like you could give me a player right now, any player in the game, and I can describe to you what I think <laughs> their personality is based on watching them play. What their relation, like I go as deep as what is their relationship with their parents? Can we do that? That's why I talk. We could. I don't know if people would be interested. We could do it just as like a little like family feud type thing. But CJ Abrams, like the reason I love CJ Abrams, it goes back to the first interview I saw with him sitting with his parents. Where I was like, that is a grounded young man. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for grounded kids. I don't want and that, and people say, well, why do you like don't like guys with, you know, whatever with tattoos? Like, why why does that make you nervous about guys with tattoos? It's it's because I think to me, and this is also my dad, right? You know, he's saying if you ever get a tattoo, you're never coming back in this house again, kind of thing. I think that's what he said to me once. Um, but like, I, I'm reading everything on the player. And with Michael Kopeck, if you watch him, when things go well, he's like, all right, I guess that worked. And when things go bad, he's like, God, man, I knew it. God, I knew it was going to go wrong. Because this stuff is great, but I just can't watch him pitch. Can't watch him pitch. Too painful. Do Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham doesn't give a F. Tommy Pham does not care I mean, that's what you new. think Come on, we know this. Right, right. So give me, give me somebody who's a little bit less obvious. Give me somebody who's a little bit less obvious, and I'll tell you. But like Anthony Rizzo, fam, Anthony Rizzo is like the best. Anthony Rizzo is one of the best mindset players that I've ever seen. Because when he struggles, he's frustrated with himself, but he never gets too down on himself. And when he's going good, he just rides the wave. He's just riding it. Like he's he's probably outside of Judge, who's my favorite Yankee. 
uh, maybe I've ever watched on a consistent basis. Anthony Rizzo is is definitely my family's favorite Yankee. My wife and my son, my my son wants an Anthony Rizzo jersey, and I I think it's it's the joy that he plays the game with. He plays the game with joy. He also understands that failure is part of that game. He gets angry at it, but he doesn't get overly frustrated with himself. Josh Lowe the other night struck out in the ninth inning and slammed his bat down. And I went, that's not good. Now, I understand he wanted to do well, but you're not going to do well if that's if you're holding the game that tightly. Aaron Hicks did the same thing last night. Struck out in the ninth inning, and there was like one out, and he yeah and slammed his bat down. I was like, that's why you're that's why you're not doing well. And he's doing a little bit better these days. Hicks is a little bit better, but it's 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 a game of failure. It's a game. It's the same thing I tell kids when I was coaching. I was like, you're going to fail more in baseball than you're going to succeed. So how you deal with failure is very important. Because if you get thrown off every time you don't succeed in baseball, it's not going to be fun. And you're not going to do well. And then the less fun it is, the less you're going to do well. That's what it's about. That's what that, well, At least that's how I see the game. Ask me somebody else who's one more, one more, one more player. DBR, you got anyone in mind? Yeah, Brandon Nimmo. Oh, I like Nimmo. Oh, I love that kid. I like Brandon Nimmo. You know why I like Brandon Nimmo so much? Because of how he takes a walk. Uh, do you, have you ever seen him take a walk? He, I've four. seen him walk, but I've never watched him that closely. Watch him when he, he takes it. a walk. Ball four, he drops the bat and sprints to first. Love that. Love that. He's like, yeah, there's our momentum. Let's go, guys. Let's go. I love Brandon Nimmo. I love him for that. I I, I, I love watching Brandon Nimmo hit. I love watching Brandon Nimmo field. He plays the game with exuberance. He cares a lot. Oh, yeah. You're picking out guys who I really like. All right, we, we DVR re-listen to this. You can cut this whole thing if you want. If it's if it's just like, eh, oh, now know, it's on DVR to cut it. That's messed up. <laughs> well, I said it, so we're you know we're filling. But 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 by I, the way, that wasn't even how, Ian's trade request topic. Yeah, yeah, that we we might need. But so Jaron Duran, back to Jaron Duran. I'm seeing in him a kid who looks ready for the game. But are they going to send him back down? Maybe bat, it's crazy. They're batting him first, and then it's like, oh, you're just here for three days while well, some guy has COVID. You know. No, but Kike Hernandez had a got hit. Well, I know there's yeah, exactly. It's these ticky tack so, things. It's not like this yeah, guy's out with an ACL. Not, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. It's a supply right now. JBJ, mm. Franchi Cordero, like there's there's room in that lineup for a, a Jaron Duran. And I asked he's the best leadoff hitter that I, I I'm I saw something last night. I was like, oh look at that! Look, he's really he now. Uh, you know, it's, I think I told the story about Fiddler on the Roof where, you know, the, this little muddle of the tailor and he's like, oh, blah, 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 and then all of a sudden he turns to the father of the woman he wants to marry and he goes, even a poor tailor has a right to some happiness. And then Tevia, the father, looks at the tailor and he says, well, now he's talking like a man. Okay, you can marry my daughter. Now you're talking like a man. That's what I'm looking for. Jaron Duran, now you're playing the game like a man. Someone who's confident. My own son. Now you're playing the game like someone who belongs. So now your natural talent will come through. It's all the same. All the same. And for these rookies, for these young players, how is it, what's going to be the thing that tips them over to that place where they believe in themselves? When they, where they really believe in themselves. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, DVR? Is it? Jaron Duran? Yeah, I think JBJ is probably done getting as much playing time as he's been getting. I think that's the solution where you can play Kike and Duran in the same lineup. And it's just a question of 
where he's going to hit the order. The underlying numbers on Duran look a lot better in the limited time we've seen him this season than they did a year ago. So things seem to be going in the right direction. They're batting him first. They're, yeah. they're batting this guy they, first and then sent him down the next two day. Base it's crazy. Well, I think it's frustrating for me because if you didn't pick him up already, you may have missed out on him, at least yep. in very competitive 15-team leagues. There's some 12s where he's out there. But I think stolen bases are so hard to find, and he does more than run. And if he's leading off, especially, there's some shallow league appeal. So I would actually still be interested in Duran in the more shallow formats where he might still be on the wire. Would you do him in a 10-team? Not 10-team, 12-team. 12, yeah. I think yeah. if he's going to lead off in that lineup, he's he's going to be very good for 12-teamers. That's a very good top four or five. That's a very – it's Duran, Devers, J.D. Martinez, Xander, Bogarts, Trevor Story. Oof. It's really good. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> we, that'll do. That'll do, pig. All right. Well, I, I just find that weird that, like, I don't know. You're the Boston Red Sox. You're batting this guy first. And then it's like, you know, they're not bringing him up to hit ninth. And he's actually performing. And then they're just like, see you later, man. I don't know. Anyway. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's move along. All right, what's next? Well, here, you know, look, let me just bring up one quick thing about the, the Rays because it's for me it's Brett Phillips, and I just want to talk about him quickly, and I think he, we can do it quickly because he's kind of similar to Nick Senzel in that he had kind of like the storied minor league career. He was doing great, uh, you know, homers and steals and batting average, and then came into the majors, and he really wasn't hurt. He had, he had more of a lack of playing time and became kind of like this victim of the Tampa Bay Rays stupid rotation stuff. But I think like... I mean, they, they lost Kiermaier and they lost Manny Margot, like boom, boom. And I think yes. Brett Phillips is going to start, you know, probably play center field, start. I know he's going to hit kind of lower in the lineup uh, and maybe work his way up to higher, I think, against righties, whatever the opposite hand is. I can't remember which is which. But anyway, point is, Brett Phillips, if you dig around his minor league numbers and you hear players talk about this all the time, when they get a chance to have regular playing time, they can get into a rhythm and they can do something. And I'm willing to bet that Brett Phillips... Uh, for however many, you know, for the next two or three weeks can really help your team with some power and steals and possibly he can definitely help with power and steals. I don't know about batting average. That would be a nice bonus, but uh, that's a target of mine. Not, not cards, but just in real fantasy, like a 12 team league, maybe one of those Yahoo head to head leagues where I've been losing steals every week. I, I'm looking at Brett Phillips pretty hard. Uh, whoever side can have the first term on that one. Uh, the problem I have is a 168 batting average and a 233 OBP. So well, I move went him in and, and out and make him pitch and stuff, you know? <laughs> they make him pitch. He's a good pitcher. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to have a chance. There, th- maybe 
maybe with time. Did, you said that he had a good, I, I don't know his minor league numbers. What are his minor league numbers? Are they, were they, like, was he hitting 270 in the minors or was he always around 230 in the minors? No, I think he was more like uh, 300. Let me double check. DVR, do you have any thoughts on Brett Phillips <laughs> while we check that? It'll take a minute. That was Lancaster. There's a 25-mile-an-hour jet stream that blows out at that ballpark. That was high A for Houston when he was putting up video game numbers. So there's still some other stops where he was good. There's power. There's speed. Phillips is, on, by the way, Phillips is one of those guys who's on the extreme. When you watch him, you can see that he's like playing the game with this level of joy. And it's, yeah, it's much more an free and easy with him. You could, yeah. you could just see it, right? And you can hear it in the interviews. And I, like has, has all of the obvious cues of what people would refer to maybe as a good clubhouse guy. People mm-hmm. like being on his team. I do think the major problem with Brett Phillips going back to last season, even with that power and speed, is that the strikeout rate going back to last year is around 40%. And they've got a guy in Josh Lowe who's got really nothing left to prove at AAA who's back. So if Josh Lowe is not out there pulling the Jared Kelnick, grinding the bat into sawdust when it's not going well, if he takes advantage of this opportunity, I think Josh Lowe's the guy that ends up with the most playing time in the outfield following this Margot injury. I think they both played last yeah. night, didn't they? They both started. They did, yeah. They, they yeah, both there'll played. be days where they both play, but I, I just think there's more of a path for Lowe to be the everyday guy and for Phillips to just continue in that flexible bench role. I think the 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 news is Isaac Paredes last night hit three home runs playing first base for the Rays. So what I see happening is Paredes going into second base and maybe getting every day at bats at second base. And Bruhan, who has really struggled, Bruhan's done nothing. Can't even steal bases. I mean, it's it's kind of remarkable. Him going into that outfield mix. But I think another thing that I've been thinking a lot about or, or wanted to share is I, I like to think of the game in the same situation as the manager and the general manager. Like when I'm deciding who to put in my lineup, who am I putting in that spot? I'm trying to watch the box scores, read the box scores every day and think one little like tip of goodness says, all right, let's run. Let's roll with this guy and see if he can get hot. I think Paredes with his three home run night last night, put himself in line for every day at bats over the course of the next week. I think Bruhan has struggled so considerably and Walls made a play at shortstop last night that was remarkable. It was Stanton. It was first and second. Stanton hit a rocket in the hole. Walls didn't dive quite. Colette will tell me. It wasn't quite a dive, but it was a got, had to get off his feet and turn the double play. That's what you do. Like you, you say, all right, this guy's doing it. Let me play him. So I think that the the setup of the of the of the Rays right now is going to be Choi at first, Paredes at second, Walls at short. And then, I don't even know who's playing third. Maybe Walls gets a little time at third. Um, and then the outfield. I think Phillips might get a chance to play a little bit. I think it's possible. I don't think he'll play against lefties. But maybe that exuberance and joy and that 2019 in AAA where he hit 240 with an OPS of 883 with 13 triples. That's fun. 22 stolen bases and only one caught stealing. That catches my eye. Um, maybe, you know, that may be a guy in three weeks that we go, Hey, like no more Mazzara, Nando's on to something here. Oh, so that's, I mean, you know, this isn't a milb sort. No, it's not, but it's still a guy that you sort of say, Hey, there's something here, something here. So I'll keep my eye on it and watch him this week. And if I find that Brett Phillips is, is playing every day and is hitting a little bit and running, 
That might be a, a upside t- uh, 15 team play. Might be because yeah, Kiermaier's out for probably I'm going to say two to three weeks, and Margot I think is out for the season. I think that's just, as soon as I saw right there, yeah. it. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I said to my wife, "He just tore his ACL. He was in so much pain." I was watching the game at the time. I was watching Aaron Hicks not run <laughs> from home plate uh, as he hit that triple because he thought it was a home run, which I don't like watching. I don't like when people do that. So yeah, but that, I, I think that that's I think that's what the setup of the of the of the lineup is going to be. I think Paredes is in. I went looking for Paredes last night just for playing time, and he was taken in Devils Rejects, which is the league that I was looking for him in. Go pick up Nick Senzel. I, I looked I, as we were talking. I looked. He's 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 owned. It's a twenty team league. Nick Senzel is going to be owned. Should be owned in a twenty four team league. And I'm glad you got him. What's left? We got AJ Puck. We got five minutes. And we also have a remarkably stupid choice for the Yankees. I would like to say this. I'm watching the Yankee game last night, and I'm like, where's who, who's sitting? Because every night somebody sits. They had Torres back at shortstop last night. That is the dumbest thing they could do. I am so annoyed that they did that. And they had Marwin Gonzalez in left field. You cannot put Glaber Torres at shortstop when he's hitting the ball the way he is. Because the reason I was so high on Torres coming into the season, do you remember I was talking about this? I said Torres is about to like really be remarkably good. And the reason is because he's he's back in his comfortable position of second base. And now they threw him back at shortstop last night because Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is hurt? No, bad move, terrible move, not happy. I don't think they had any other choice, really. Marwin Gonzalez, man. Just put yeah. Marwin at short. Uh, he might he not can, be He's the backup shortstop. Short, dude, he's the backup shortstop. You cannot put Torres back at shortstop. He, Torres has been on fire. This one little game at short. If they put him back at shortstop, he's not going to hit. He's going to struggle. I'm telling you. And I we can't afford that right now. Yankees can't afford that. And the main event team cannot afford that. Well. And all my other teams that have Gleyber Torres on. <laughs> that's. I mean, what do you want to do? Should we start a letter writing Nothing. campaign? <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got no. I've got no power. I have no say. But I did was able to put it into the rundown, and so I wanted to say that just on the record, under the radar. And then AJ Puck DVR. Do you think AJ Puck is going to be the closer, and is he going to hold that job? And do we finally find why AJ Puck was picked sixth? He's got the skills to be a very good closer. The strikeout rate's actually a little on the low side right now. But the best thing is he's not walking a lot of guys. Twenty six Ks against five walks, twenty eight innings. I'm surprised he doesn't have any saves yet. If you're in a holds league, he's helping you there. But anybody in anything on the roster right now in Oakland could be moved in the next six weeks. So all it takes is some team swooping in and pulling a trade, kind of like the one the Orioles and, and Marlins made at the beginning of the season. And Danny Jimenez is gone. And suddenly A.J. Puck is the closer. So I, I think there's there's reason to consider stashing him in, in deep enough leagues if he's available. I'm I'm all about that, AJ Puck being the closer. I think that that makes a lot of sense. He's got stuff. In this league that I'm in, this AL only league, I have Joe Barlow, I have Jorge Lopez, I have AJ Puck, and I have Ken Giles who was just activated and looks like, you know, maybe in like a week or two he'll be the closer for the Mariners. No. Um, you don't think so? Nah, the Mariners are like the the Rays at this point. Like you, you just they they just go with whoever they go with yeah, that but, day. But but maybe because they haven't had Ken Giles. Maybe maybe maybe. I mean, look okay. at Jorge Lopez. Look the, what he's doing for Baltimore. And everyone thought Brandon the, Hyde never wanted a closer. Yeah, but Jorge Lopez has been phenomenal. He really has. That's what he's I'm saying. Like, he has he hadn't had Jorge Lopez until this year. But so what's the question with all those closers? So the question is, some guy wants Joe Barlow from me. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, now like things have changed overnight, basically, with A.J. Puck and Ken Giles coming back. I mean, I would have had to coast with Jorge Lopez in an American League only. I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, and it doesn't look like Jewett doesn't think they're going to trade him. Um, you never know. But I mean, like, if you finally get your closer, wouldn't you be like, yeah, let's just hold on to him? Um, would you trade Joe Barlow? And I guess this is like for whomever. Like, just say a, a random person you need. And I just want to use this to try to help as many people as possible. Feeling comfortable somewhat right now that AJ Puck and Ken Giles can rise up and get you the saves. I don't know. It's a conundrum for me. It, here's here's the play, and then we gotta go soon because DVR's got another we show. We promised an hour and twenty minutes. You did. DVR's got another show, um, or or the construction starting. Something's happening soon. The uh, here here's here's what you gotta do. You gotta get a big lead in saves in AL only, and then you can move it. But don't move it for less than what it's worth. Don't move Barlow for less than what he's worth, and what he's worth a lot. Well, right, but I mean, like, that's the thing. Do I want to give up? Let me tell you where I'm at at saves right now. The guy, the, the guy in the lead has 39. I'm tied with three people at 23. Then there's 21, 2019. So it's a bit of a precarious situation I'm in. Wait, say it again. Say it again. The guy, the guy in the lead has 39. There's no way I'm gonna right. catch him. And you have how much? Then it's me at 23, 23, 23. That's 21, no, no, no. 2019. Then- no, then you hold, get a lead, and then in late July we re, re, rediscuss this conversation. Yeah, well, unless you're trade. getting, unless you're getting major value for it, will be Ryan Mountcastle. Then you take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ryan Mountcastle. Different team. <laughs> yeah, then 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 you take it. Then you take it. But I do need. I mean, hey, this team's making moves, man. We're, we got a point in runs since the Stanton trade. We've gotten two points in RBI. All right. Uh, home runs were still buried in last, but we're working on it. I love it. I Lyle love it. Yeah. You guys want to hang out some more? Or what do you want to do? I, I, DVR. I think we got to. I think we got to run, don't we? Yeah, I've got another show in three minutes, and I've got construction starting in sixty-three minutes. Yeah. For the man who's got to leave to do another show, probably with Ian Conn. <laughs> Hans Kraus was born in Dana Point, California. By the way, nice place. For the German man, he parents. does sound German, though, right? Yeah, Hans sure. Kraus. Hans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty German. Ian, you do it. No, I don't do German accents. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. All right, but you'll do 17 hours of Ariel Cohen straight. Well, you know, Ariel Cohen didn't... Yeah, I mean, I love doing Ariel Cohen. It makes me feel good inside. For the man who turned his back on me harshly when I went to fill out our rundown yesterday and should count himself lucky that I didn't put a bunch of swear words in the rundown that they might have just said because they were reading it. Ian Cohen. <laughs> that's true. I uh, hope this is helpful and enjoyable for all of you. Go get your Nick Senzel cards, uh, but just give us eight hours and 15 minutes uh, until these are off the board. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Keep look out for Dylan Moore. Good talk. Good talk. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.